Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. This week, I'm really excited for the guests that I'm that we're going to have joining us here at the table. Her name is Elizabeth Andreevsky, and she is a stress coach for Christian moms. And I cannot wait to talk to you, Elizabeth, and pick your brain. So I'm so grateful that you're here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. And I know that you also have a podcast and on both your website and your podcast are called Emotionally Healthy Legacy. And I love that terminology that you use of understanding that we have this opportunity to leave a different legacy for our children than maybe what we've experienced in our own motherhood or in our own time. But I would love for you to tell to start this conversation. I want to hear from you of why this is your field of work and why you are in this space. Yeah. So I can back up a little bit. I have four kids right now, but when I got on this journey, I had three little boys and my youngest boy was about two and he was a little curious, George on steroids. I would say he would get into everything. And I just felt like I was constantly threatening him and yelling at him and spanking him. And I just felt out of control as a parent. I felt like I was always frustrated, easily angered. And these sides of me would come out that I didn't, I didn't like who I was. I, my parents have six kids. I remember my mom being so patient and calm and all these sides of me started to come out when I had multiple kids that I just didn't like. I knew that's not what God was, call, was calling me to be. And so I had a great Christian mentor, a friend of mine, she recommended for me to go to counseling. And I did. It was not faith-based, but it taught me to understand about emotions and how when we are feeling certain emotions, it affects our behavior. And with our kiddos, how our job is to teach them how to remain calm and manage their emotions, but it starts with us. And we can't just tell them to do certain things if we're not modeling that. And that kind of got me on the journey of learning more about emotional wellness and how to manage anger and frustration because I grew up in a church and we would hear verses like, be angry and do not sin. And nobody would teach you how. You would go home, you get all triggered, you get all frustrated because your child is not listening to you. And then you get angry and, and, and then you feel out of control and you're spanking or yelling or screaming and it's coming out in anger and you're saying things that you regret. And I was just getting kind of confused, like, okay, I'm in church, we say be angry and do not sin, but nobody teaches you the how. And when I started going to the counseling, I started learning more of the how, except when I would go home and I would try to implement what I was learning and everything 
goes out the window in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Have you like experienced that? You're like, okay, I know that I'm going to do X, Y, Z when my child is doing X, Y, Z. And then it happens and you get so triggered and you get sucked in into your old ways of doing it and you're reacting and you're raising your voice and maybe even doing and saying hurtful things. And around the same time, I ended up shortly after buying a course and it was teaching about motherhood and about like prioritizing your needs as a mom and setting up a morning routine and how to how that can help you throughout the day have more tolerance when things are not going as planned and as a christian as a believer i i started getting up early in the morning and using that time to connect with god because i knew i had three little kids if i didn't do it in the morning it was really hard for me to get it in the middle of the day and i had no excuse cuz my kids slept through the night they went to bed early and i would get up in the morning before them and i would read the bible i would journal i would just sit in silence and pray. And when I started to implement those practices in the morning, I noticed a significant change in how I was showing up as a mom for my kids. My window of tolerance, how much I could handle when my kids were melting down, when things were not going my way, when I felt a little bit out of control, like because in the morning I connected with God and I spent that time with him and I filled up my cup in the way that that was truly helpful for me, right? And sustainable. I felt a significant change in how I was showing up as a mom. And it really affected my emotions and how much I could handle. And so that's kind of where emotional healthy legacy was born. I figured I learned that if I'm in a better emotional state, if I'm feeling better internally, I can spread that positive energy into the home, into my kids. And I noticed that when I am in a bad mood or if I'm struggling for some reason or another, it also comes out onto my family and my kids mirror that. And so if I want to set a positive example for them and have more happy memories and more peace and calm my home, it starts with me. It doesn't start with them. And so this is kind of how I got on this journey. That is powerful. It's powerful to understand. I think I remember with when I had like a couple of, like, I don't know the first few that I had. And I began to realize that the fussy heart of my child was contagious and that my own irritability was contagious. So like it was like sin is contagious. And so in my home, understanding that if, if I was around, if I had not set myself right first, in the morning, because I totally agree with what you're saying. And I want to dig into what that looks like to have a morning routine. But if I did not set myself right, and then I stepped into, and maybe I had a fussy toddler or a grumpy teenager, I was very easily catching their grumpiness, their fussiness. And I kind of caught it and began to show it to everybody else too. So I do think that knowing that we do set that temperature in our home, and understanding the power that attitude can have is important as we parent our kids. But I, but I want to hear, so you said that you began to understand the value of getting up early and spending some time by yourself and, and creating some sort of a morning rhythm for yourself. And for you, your morning rhythm has to do with spending time with the Lord. But tell me, like, what do you find, like, how have you found that 
to help? What does yours actually look like practically for the mom who goes, well, I mean, how do I do that? I've got little people or everybody always interrupts me. How do you do it? Yeah. So I, what I can tell you is that at that season in my life, my kids all slept through the night, even though I had like a two and a five-year-old and a seven or something. And they all slept through the night and they all got up at 7 a.m. And so really rarely they would get up before that. And if they would, I would tell them, this is mama's alone time. You have two options. You can go back to your bed or you can go lay on my bed. And sometimes like now, and for them, it's like laying in mama's bed was kind of special. And sometimes I would turn on a podcast for them that they could listen, or they can quietly draw or read a book or something. But typically they slept till seven. So it gave me like that solid time. But if your kids do get up in the morning, I would say there's these visual timers. And if you, if you especially if you have younger ones, how, do you know what I'm talking about? Like these visual yeah. timers on Amazon that you can buy and you can set a timer for them and be like, okay, this is mama's alone time. I need to spend time with Jesus. And I will even say to my kids, like, I need to have my alone time so then I can be more kind and nice throughout the day because it does affect me so much. Like it truly affects me. And so I would say that to them. And then I would do that visual timer and say, okay, mommy needs 15 more minutes. When the timer rings, you can come to me and we can do something together, get breakfast or whatever. If they're hungry, you can say, okay, there's a cheese stick. You can grab a cheese stick or like a banana or something like a snack, or you can even set it up the night before if it's something else. But so that's like, if your kids do get up a little bit earlier, but the more you practice it and instill it into them and like I know the first time it probably won't go so smooth, but you just keep repeating it and repeating. Your kids will recognize that this is mama's alone time and they need to respect your alone time and like honor it. Like my kids now that when I say this is mama's alone time, they typically I'll just give them a hug and they'll go off and they'll go to my room or their room and keep themselves busy for a little bit. So right now my kids are 11, 8, 6, and 2. So the two-year-old sleeps till till seven. So what helps for me, what was really helpful is having an accountability partner because it was really hard to change my habit to get up early in the morning. I'll be honest. It's like, I like to sleep, period. And so <laughs> I like the idea of being a morning person, but the reality is yeah. like, I'm going to snooze and go back to bed. <laughs> and so for me, what was really helpful is that I had the friend that recommended for me to go to counseling and seek support. She was an early riser. And so she would text me for like about a month. She would check in with me and text me in the early in the morning. And like at 530, she's like, hey, how are you? are you up for the day? And they have alarms now that you can do on your phone where it's like you take a picture of your coffee machine. It's not going to stop ringing until you take a picture of your coffee machine that you're up for the day. But having accountability partner was helpful and having my alarm clock either in a bathroom or a different part of the house where it forces me to get up out of bed. And then like washing my face with cold water, that like really wakes you up pretty quick. And those are kind of some of the few things that help me to get up earlier in the morning. And then I will typically go make my coffee. I, I like to drink coffee in the morning. And then um, usually I'll have to go to the bathroom, but then I will come back and go to my office and I take out my Bible and I just pray and say, Lord, please speak to me, reveal to me what you want me to know today. And I invite the Holy Spirit into the day. And I will usually just read a chapter from the Bible. And then I have a journal that I will journal some thoughts that if something really stood out to me or just process some of the things that are going on in my own life, 
just behind the scenes, personal and marriage or whatever with my extended family, just like I'm speaking to a friend. And oftentimes I literally like will start like I'm writing a letter to God. That's how often my journaling happens. It's like he's my friend and I'm speaking to him what's going on in my life. And I'm like, I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. Could you please like guide me and direct my steps? And those are like the few things that are super, super helpful for me. Usually when I make my coffee in the morning, I'll use that time to like pray and just mm-hmm. kind of multitask in a sense. But that's kind of like how my morning goes. And I typically need at least half an hour and half an hour to an hour. So that way I don't feel rushed. And that is how my morning routine goes at, at this season in life. Yeah, I, I agree. And I agree with what you said about your children will learn. Mm-hmm. My children never naturally wanted to let me have alone time. Like that's not natural. So what happens oftentimes with moms or definitely with me, I'm more of a mom who wants everybody to be happy. And so learning that just because they don't necessarily initially like that idea, like they want your attention for themselves. They want you early in the morning by giving that boundary and just patiently saying, here are your options. I loved your options because my kids too used to think that being on my bed was such a treat. I don't, I don't know why, but (laughs) it really over time becomes also a way of teaching them and teaching them to love another person well by allowing them to have some time. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. I just want to like add in that Jesus He, there's multiple verses in the Bible where he says he went and to be by himself and to connect with God, like, and that he was fully God and fully man. And he needed to connect with God. He literally removed himself from the chaos, the people, their needs to be by himself and like to recharge, to restore and to connect with God. Like you need that too. It's not just like, oh, it would be nice. It's like, no, you need it. And I've noticed that in my life that if I don't do it early in the morning, it's just really hard to get it later in the day. When I had little ones, like tiny ones, I would, you know, you get up in the morning to nurse your baby, right? Oftentimes it's still early. Everyone else is sleeping. And I would use that time instead of just so tempting to pick up your phone and scroll, totally get it. But I had like a habit of like the first, that first feed in the morning, I would use that time to just close my eyes, take some deep breaths and just say a prayer. And sometimes I would turn on an audio Bible to just to listen for a couple chapters because that's all I could do in that season of life when I had really, really tiny ones. And so, but I've just noticed that like inviting God into your day, literally just saying, God, I invite you to be in my day today. Like I invite the Holy Spirit, give me the patience that I need. Help me be kind and compassionate and understanding towards my children. Like even you talked in your episode, I believe it was like 126. I think it was about how we need to pause with our emotions, right? And so, and like asking God, like, hey, what, like reveal to me what is going on with my child? Why is my child reacting, right? It's actually like besides the spiritual aspect, First of all, connecting with God helps us become more like him, right? There's this thing that people say, the five people that you spend most time with, you become more like them. So like spending time with God is so important because then you become more like him. And then the other thing is it actually is so calming to your nervous system. 
So then you have more tolerance throughout the day. So if you wake up at the last minute and you jump out of bed and you just jump into your day, well, by the way, your stress level is at its highest when you just wake up. And so it's about like an eight out of 10. And if you just jump into your day without having any time to just like be in stillness, you have very little wiggle room till you get to a 10 and you experience that emotional explosion and triggers with your kids. But if you wake up and you're an eight and then you spend some time with God and you sit in stillness and you pray and just take some deep breaths, which are super calming to the nervous system, and you get down to like a two or a one, then when your child does wake up and has a meltdown, you have way more tolerance to handle it because you are in a better place yourself. You connected with God, with a source that does give you the strength to handle it. But it's also like, even like, I guess, psychologically, it's super calming to your nervous system to have that peace and stillness in your day. Because the reality is when you have multiple kids, it does get chaotic pretty quickly. What are your thoughts? Yes. No, I, oh my goodness. And I love it's, I did not know that, that my stress level is at the highest when I wake up. That does inform a lot for me. So I, I also get up early and will spend time with the Lord, but never also knew, like I knew I needed it. I knew that I wanted it, but I didn't know it from that perspective. But when I look at the days when, I don't know, either I oversleep my alarm. So in our rhythm of our home, my husband leaves probably, he leaves in the like really early hours, like, like by five, he's gone. And so typically I'm on a different alarm. Like, it's not like he is like waking me up saying, you better get up. And I'm not morning. I would, I'm much more of like, I'm an owl, I guess, and not a rooster. I don't know. There's like sayings about that, but I'm, I'm not a morning person. So I'm in, I'm very interested because on the mornings that somehow my alarm, I don't know, I turned it off by accident or didn't get up, whatever. Oh my goodness. It always sends everything into a tizzy. And, and that does make a lot of sense. The other thing I feel like the Lord has been encouraging me to do, which is different for me. So I will usually my rhythm, I get up, I get my coffee and I go back. I have this little sitting area in my bedroom that I like to sit and read my Bible and do my thing. But in the last about four months, five months, the Lord has been encouraging me. Just I go outside on my front porch and just sit for a while and just drink my, before I even get with my Bible, spending time just praying and talking with him of mm. just like, and listening and just listening to nature wake up around me. And it's just been this beautiful space that, I don't know, it's different from my routine. And, and again, when I was, when I had a bunch of little ones, mornings were super hard for me. And so I, I feel for the moms who are like, I cannot do that. You do not understand. My kids get up at 530. When am I supposed to get up? 430. And in those seasons, the, the thing I figured out to do, and I, I'm sure you also would recommend this. I began in that early morning nap of the infant, mm-hmm. like that would usually happen somewhere around nine. Yep. I would have all my other little ones who were still at home go have what I called room time and they would have time to play individually safely in an environment just by themselves where that became my morning set my day time because I physically couldn't get up earlier than that newest baby who was getting up at 
Because my what would happen with me is my babies would want to nurse somewhere around five. But then I would that would make that two year old hear me. Then they would want to get up and party. And I didn't want the four year old getting up. So <laughs> that for me, there was a season of my life where I shifted that and I shifted it into that first nap of the morning and said, at this time, mommy needs my alone time. But I, I love yes, I love it. I love it. That's like spot on because I would do that too when I had my youngest one, my daughter. So when they still, when she would take like two, three naps a day, that first nap around 9 a.m., I, cause yeah, she would wake up multiple times at night to feed. So I couldn't get up really in the mornings. But I, I, if you don't have quiet time in your home, you are missing out. I'm just saying, like, you are missing out as a mom. <laughs> I tell so many moms, I'm like, don't mm-hmm. be discouraged. Like your first goal is just let everybody get in their space, figure out where you're going to contain all these little bodies safely with a set number, just a tiny number of toys and a couple books that they can look at, put some music on, but figure that out. And then your first goal is like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to lengthen it to 20 minutes and you're training them. If they've never done anything to be play independent of your person, which I know a lot of kids I know that from talking to a lot of moms that they're like, oh, well, I mean, like they need me in the room. I'm like, well, they don't. But I also understand that it's a training thing. We have to help them learn how to do it. But oh my goodness, it will set you free to have some time. <laughs> yes. And can I give you a tip when it comes to like quiet time? So visual timer is great using that visual timer. Another thing, oftentimes kids resist because they have a hard time getting into an activity. So if you just sit down with them for like five minutes and set that timer for five minutes and say, okay, mama's going to play with you for five minutes and start making blocks with them, start doing magnet tiles or whatever, start an activity with them. And then when the timer rings, it's going to be your alone time and you tell mommy to leave and mama's going to have her alone time. So that way they're kind of in charge and they feel a little bit more in control. So then they say, okay, mama, it's time for you to leave. And like kids just argue less with a timer. They just do. Cause like when you say it, they see it one way, but when there's a timer decides, and then you say, okay, we're going to set the timer for 15 minutes. You can help me. And, you know, depending on what the age the kids are right now, my kids do a whole hour for 16 minutes, but like when they start, it was less than that. And just set the timer a little bit higher. So they don't, they can't reach it because they will mess with it and break it or whatever. But um, those are some like great tips that helped me when I was first training my younger ones to do that. And over time, now it's a full hour, 60 minutes of in the afternoon, we have quiet time. Like that's a whole thing in our house. Like we have quiet time every time the kids are home all day. Yes. And in the summertime for me, it's, it was always like, it was great. Helped me just to reset because, in, and we're going to talk about this. All right, let's talk about it now. I mean, oftentimes as our day goes, our stress levels begin to rise again. And in order to, we need to be aware of them in order to be able to regulate them. And giving something like, for me, having this afternoon room time was a space where I could begin to reset again. Yes, exactly. I So I've learned this about myself after I had kids. I don't feel like I was an introvert before I had kids and then I had kids and I feel like I became an introvert. 
for the most part. And then I learned about myself that I'm highly sensitive. So I naturally get overstimulated and overwhelmed quicker than maybe an average person. So having afternoon time in our home where it's quiet, especially if you homeschool, you absolutely need to do this because your kids are with you all day. And having that time to reset and to decompress, to recharge, because yes, things are a little bit chaotic in the evening. Typically, that's just normal, right? When you have multiple kids. And so kids get into conflicts and fights. And in in order for you to be able to handle that and have that, you know, that stress tolerance level, right, you need to be able to decompress and recharge. And it's something that you do not like, I mean, I guess sometimes it's cleaning and if it's helpful for you, but usually for me, it's something that's more peaceful and calming. Sometimes it's reading a book. Sometimes for me, it's working because I love my work. I love what I do. And it actually does decompress me. Sometimes it's sitting outside and journaling. Sometimes I just do a stretching DVD or a video. Sometimes if you didn't connect with God in the morning, this would be a great time to do it. But everybody does something that's decompressing in the afternoon because that lowers the stress levels for everyone. And then you have more tolerance in the evening. If you notice that your attitude is getting unpleasant. If it's coming out in your tone, you're more disrespectful, you're more unkind. That is a sign for you. You need to take a little break and just take some deep breaths, go step outside, remove yourself from the stressful situation if everyone is safe and just like, just take a little bit of moment. For me, sometimes I go step outside. I live in Florida, so it's nice most of the year. Sometimes I go to my room close the door and just lay in my bed with my eyes closed and just take some deep breaths. And that calms me and centers me, even if it's like for five minutes. And when I re-enter, I have like, I'm able to re-enter the situation and have a lot more tolerance. What are your thoughts? I agree. And I think that for me, one of the things that the signs for me that I am, my stress is going high is actually not, I'm, I tend to not I'm not apt to speak it out, but it's apt to be in my brain where it's almost like my thoughts start zooming and mm. I almost feel, I don't know how to explain it other than it feels like my brain is buzzing and, and I know, okay, we need to, because what will come next will be, I will become verbally, I will become maybe aggressive, <laughs> I'll be like, just rude, get out of my way. I'm trying to do all these things is because typically that's what becomes my trigger point is there's so many things to do with all you, Mm -hmm. people. you know, that's usually what begins to buzz in my head. There's so many things to do with all you people and learning to take that step away and say, I'm going to, I just need, I'm going to use just a few minutes. And then I agree. I think it's, I think it's super important And it's super hard. There are many days where it's hard to, I know that I went through a season when I had so many and they were young and there was a space in there where I thought even in doing that, like I believe somewhere that if I needed to do that, that that was a problem, that that was actually indicative of not being good mom, because I needed to do that. Like, why couldn't I just rein it in and keep going and learning the power of saying, no, mommy needs this because mommy is feeling upset. I'm feeling angry. I'm not acting kindly and owning it. And with humility saying, number one, but Jesus wants to help me and he wants to help you. 
was a beautiful conversation to have, but also giving myself the freedom to actually step aside, like to pause. There was a season where I did not want to give myself that freedom. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think when we're young moms, we just don't know what we don't know when we perceive and see things differently as we have more experience we start learning that some of the things are not serving us and everybody has a different tolerance level how much they can handle right throughout the day and if we're comparing ourselves to other moms that have 10 15 kids like you have eight kids I'm like wow that's so many like I don't know if I could handle that right because we all have different tolerant levels how much we can handle and like I think for me, just recognizing that I am highly sensitive, understanding my limits as a human, like God created us with limits. We're not God, you know, and he even created like the world and he rested on day seven. Like you need rest too. You need to have that moment to recharge, to decompress. And like, I think it's wise to like, so if my husband is home, I will usually say, Hey, I need you to take over for a little bit. I need, I need a moment. If he's not home, I just communicate with my kids. Hey, mama needs a break right now. I feel really overwhelmed. I'm starting to feel angry and frustrated. I need 10 minutes to myself. If it's nice outside, I will send my kids outside. If it's not nice, I will literally just turn on some screens for them for my own sanity, for my own mental sake, because if I don't, they'll probably get into a conflict and I'm not in a good space to handle it in mature and wise and respectful and God honoring way. I need that space for myself. And like, what does the devil want? He doesn't want you to decompress. He wants you to stay stressed out. He wants you to stay overwhelmed. Why? Because you overreact. You are acting out in anger. You're saying hurtful things. You're doing hurtful things. You're sinning, right? And you're causing damage in your relationships. he That's what he wants, right? But that's not what Jesus wants for you. And so just like recognizing like, okay, if I don't take a break, what are the effects of that? What are the trickle effects? Like, well, what if I do take a break? Like, how is that actually going to serve the rest of the family later on in my relationship with God, my relationship with my kids? Yeah. Yeah, it was very powerful when I began to realize that and to let myself do that. And when I mean like, and for that young mom who's like, okay, but how, how do I take a break when I have a bunch of little people who like, I can't like, can't leave the house. I mean, I can't, can't leave them all inside the house and me outside. Like, so what I began to do, and I'm sure you have, and we've already talked about some really good ideas because I do agree. I think that's a great time to for screen time to happen is that, you know, and you know, but I used to do things like I found that I could be in the same room with my children as long as they were happily occupied. And I could therefore have some space to just quiet my head, quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. So when my children were old enough to take baths and showers, I would literally put, I would literally let my girls get in like their bathing suit. And get in my shower and just be silly in the shower for like, because I had three girls that were stepping stones. And so they would like, I was like, hey, y'all want to go take a shower in my shower? And like, we can get some really fun things. And they would get whatever. And they would play in the shower. (laughs) And I could just sit in the bathroom in the quiet because they're all contained in the shower having fun. And I could just sit there for a while or those kinds of things that were different. And I came up, my kids love to play in rice. And so I would like literally grab, keep bags of rice in my house and would pour a bag of rice into a bucket of whatever. 
and sit them on the back porch and everybody would get their own bucket of rice in a car. And like, I like, I didn't care. I just needed you to play nice and everybody get your own so that nobody can fight. And I mm-hmm. could sit in a rocking chair on the back porch for just a minute and reset myself. And it was those kinds of ways that I learned that it was valuable to take alone time, to take that time to stop. Yeah, for sure. I, if I, I, now I don't feel guilty for taking a long time, but I used to in the beginning and I had to reframe my mind. And there's this quote that I really like that I shared multiple podcasts when I guess that on them. And I say, it goes like this. I don't remember where I heard it, but it says, no one benefits when you're running on empty. Nobody suffers when you take care of yourself. We sometimes feel like as moms that like, it's bad for me to have alone time, you know, all these thoughts that creep in and that you feel guilty. And you can, well, first of all, I don't, I think those thoughts are from the enemy because he doesn't want you to take alone time. He doesn't want you to connect with God. He doesn't want you to recharge. He wants you to feel overwhelmed and stressed out and react and all the things, you know? So first of all, you ask yourself, well, first you say, get away from me, devil, like get away. Like you have no place here. (laughs) Like, like you have no place. And then number two, you ask yourself, am I actually doing something wrong by taking time for myself? Is it sinful? Am I doing anything wrong? You're not. You're absolutely not. And then what are the effects if I don't take time for myself? And what are the benefits when I do take time for myself? Like everybody feels better when mama is feeling better. Like it just spills into the rest of the home. It spills into the energy of the home, right? Like you want it or not, but you are the foundation of your home. Like you really matter. You matter to your kids. Your mental and emotional well-being matters to your family because it spills into everybody. And if you're struggling, everybody else is affected. So you are important enough to take care of yourself. Like I need you to understand that, Mama. If you're listening, you are valuable and important enough to take care of yourself. You are the daughter of the king, right? Like. You are not meant to be burned out, overwhelmed, and just running completely empty. Like, how does God treat his children? He takes care of them. And this is where wisdom comes in, where you need to take care of yourself because you matter to these children, to this family. Elizabeth, that's powerful. And and I know that you offer one-on-one coaching for moms who really need, who need that. I know you have consultation calls. And I know you have even an emotionally healthy legacy course for moms. And so I know how can, how can women find you? And we'll have it in the show notes, but I want to give you time. Tell us about your podcast and tell us where women can find you. Yeah. So I do have a podcast called Emotionally Healthy Legacy on on my website, I have a free resource for your listeners. It's five ways to calm down when you're feeling triggered. And it's at emotionallyhealthylegacy.com slash warrior mama. And I support mamas through this journey. Like if you're feeling burned out, overwhelmed, you feel like you're constantly overreacting. You thought you were going to be this patient, calm, kind mama. And the reality is you feel like 
you feel out of control and your emotions just take over you constantly. I have help for you. I have support for you. I love to work one-on-one because it takes more than one coaching session to change these patterns and to make changes in your life and to make changes that are sustainable and set a positive example for your kids. There's the work that you have to do and then there's the Holy Spirit and combining both of those together, this is where the transformation comes. Well, we will set all that in our show notes and I will encourage the moms listening. You, you need to go, you need to find her, you need to look on her website and find what she has. She, Elizabeth, you're full of wisdom. I think we could sit here and talk because I have so many other questions for you. So <laughs> definitely think that you should come back and we should do this again. I thank you for your time today and all you moms out there just know, I, I think, and I think Elizabeth, you would agree. The the lie is that you're the only mom who is struggling in this. Yes, that's the lie from the enemy. But the truth is that we all struggle in this way. And learning that God offers us hope, stability, and peace as we walk this out. That's where, to me, that's where my motherhood began to just blossom. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Elizabeth, for being here today. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your wisdom. And as always, I'm so glad y'all have joined us here at the table today and reach out with questions. Find me on Instagram, on the website. You will find all of the places to find Elizabeth in the show notes. And I think you should. I definitely will be downloading the five things I can do when, when I'm triggered. And I appreciate your time today. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.